You're listening to the GD Podcast, the official podcast of Gaming Dads. Legends in game, heroes at home. What's up, everybody? It's Mike, Matt, and Clay. And today on the GD Podcast, we're talking about significant others. is you look nice and warm yeah yeah i mean our house was built in the 20s so <laughs> yes and it said you said you got snow we have three inches right now on the ground oh man in north central texas that's crazy dude i'm 32 and it has never snowed this bad in my entire life <laughs> and mike why does it look like you filmed an 80s porn before this <laughs> that's exactly what i was saying like <laughs> i just got out of the van like, like, literally, you know, just the reefer, you know, the Bush era. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is pretty much what happens when uh, when I get bored of the beard or when it starts to annoy me because the last thing I want to do is is get rid of an opportunity to have a stash. But like, man, <laughs> I really do it just to fuck with Melissa. Um, Here. not as a not as a rude thing. She just she spends the first three days laughing at me whenever she looks <laughs> at me. And it's hard. It's hard not to because I never like I never even go clean shaven. Really, I pretty right. much always have a beard. Which you know we we talked about a couple episodes ago. Like I always have a beard just because it gives my head shape. <laughs> and um you know and and she likes it she likes the beard but yeah so we've been first of all we've been watching parks and recreation because she's never seen parks and rec i get it and now i'm yeah and this exactly this is the, the hair swoop back the way it is right now does make more sense <laughs> so when when we were watching it um you know it's we we just started season three so okay we, so the good season the, yeah, we got the the first two seasons out of the way, which you know they're not terrible, but especially after you've already seen it all, you're like, let's get to the third season. Between seeing Ron Swanson in my living room every night and us having a previous conversation about the mustache, I had to do it. So I had to, and it was certainly not meant to be malicious. I even I even make a point to to sit Melissa down and say, look, it, th- does it does it really bother you? does this really offend you? Like, do you look at me and you want to vomit? Cause I will shave it <laughs> and I will, and I will have a beard again in four days. That's how my face works. But you know, you have to tell me because right now I'm really loving it. And I, the fact that I have a mask, <laughs> I'm really into it. And so like the fact that I have to wear a mask at work and everything like that, like nobody knows it's there. It's just for me. And then I take it off when I get home. And the first thing that happens is a dirty little secret. And then, and like, it's like just a thing that, you know, is for us to enjoy on a, on a minute to minute basis. But uh, she's, she's awesome. Like she just, she basically just said, she's like, no, it's fine. I love it. You know, she's like, I love the beard. She always lets me know. She's like, I miss the beard, but this is fine. You, you do. You You look like you've got an overweight caterpillar (laughs) on your top lip. (laughs) You look like Flint Lockwood's dad, but he talks more. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I got the first thing I got from uh from my Aussie buddies was they texted me a picture of Ron Swanson with almost the same look in his face as the picture <laughs> I took. No, the only the only comparison I hate is Farva, but that always shows up too. If you've seen Super Troopers and like, oh, you look like Farva. I'm like, you're just saying that because I'm a fat guy with a mustache. Yeah, no, the Farva look is very particular, and you are way not that big of an asshole to be far yeah, thank you like, yeah it's like, a much it's a much skinnier mustache i think too that and like he has a look like his mustache has been dipped in shit and that's all he's sniffing you yeah. know like 24 <laughs> 7 um yeah but she's but she's a trooper man she, she you know we're we're all about just kind of like let's let's enjoy this we're both so we're both i kind of just kind of want to chat about because I don't know a whole lot about your guys' significant others either. So um I'm just gonna rattle off about mine and then hopefully you'll tell me about yours. Like go ahead. So we're both divorced. You know, we both had previous marriages. We both have children from those marriages. We met 
um, working together in theater. She was my boss, and uh, I was naughty. Yeah, and I was the sound <laughs> the sound designer that wouldn't leave her alone, um, because that's that's what I do. I like I like befriending my authority figures and then mocking them, because the method in which I mock them is always in jest. Like if I respect you and I love you, I'm going to bust your balls. If like, if you're a person (laughs) that I really don't get along with, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to spend as little time with you as possible. But like when I really respect somebody and she was, she was killer at her job. She's super hot. Um, And I, I just, so I just laid into her and it was it's it went all the way back to the playground in second grade. You know, you make fun of the girl that you, you like the most or you make fun of the person you like the most just happens to be a girl for me. But like, you know, we just kind of hit it off. And my my marriage was um, tanked. We just hadn't like officially divorced or anything yet. And so we enjoyed each other's company so much. And she's like a total nerd at heart. She'd never played D&D, but she really wanted to. She doesn't really play video games, but she loves to like watch them. So she like her thing is to, she'll sit next to me while I play a story game. She sat next to me through the whole story of, of Red Dead Redemption 2, all of Last of Us 2. And I actually played through we played through Last of Us 1 together. I replayed it so she could see it. And so and like she sits there and she loves it. She loves a good story. I mean, that's why she's in theater. You know, it's just, it's great, man. Our, we, we started dating uh, in 2017, like right before Thanksgiving. And, um, mm. and then about a year and a half later, we were like blending, like we were introducing, reintroducing her to my kids. Like I had met her kid a lot because we worked together. So her daughter and I already had kind of a rapport um, but so it was, there was a lot of like reintroducing my boys who were kind of dealing with divorce in their own way. They were ugh, eight and seven and four at the time. So they were, it was, it's, it's good that you avoid the teenage angst when you get divorced with kids that young, but, um, you know, they, they still had to deal with the grief in their own way. They still had to grieve for this family separation. And so reintroducing was was hard, but like she's just Mel's a great person and she's really good with kids and she she listens, you know, like that's that's really the part that's amazing. She she feels very deeply and she, you know, doesn't hide it. And like it's so much easier to communicate with a partner when they're at least for me, because I'm all about feelings, too. I mean, I still like put a wall up when I have to, but I, you know, I'm I'm very vulnerable and i'm like and you know to have somebody where that vulnerability is reciprocated and appreciated and respected like i never feel like less of a man because i cried or shaved off my mustache i uh (laughs) (laughs) so we just was that something that you had sorry is that something you felt was like a problem that contributed to you yeah previous relationship breaking it, down it really did my uh you know my my first marriage was my only marriage really mel and i aren't married but we you know we're we're blended families we live together um we my first marriage was i i guess destined for failure <laughs> it it felt it felt so good but even before we got engaged, um, there had just kind of been these walls put up about emotions because I am, I was, I'm a very like visceral person. When I feel something, I feel it very deeply and I'm usually not afraid to express it. And, you know, sometimes that's good and sometimes it causes problems. Um, but my ex-wife was just taught to stuff that shit down and not let it out and not deal with it. And so she made a decision very early on that she was going to be the rock of the relationship. And I was going to be, you know, the, the, the flighty. Oh my God, you know, everything's awful. Why does my life suck? You know, I was going to be the emotional (laughs) roller coaster, you know, and I was, (laughs) it's so she certainly wasn't wrong. 
you know, but, and, and we also, we also encountered a whole lot of problems um, along the way too. There were a lot of roadblocks that just happened to hit, you know, the first place where we lived, the first, the first area we lived was not really a, a safe or, or healthy area to raise kids in. And then, you know, when we moved, I got a different job and she worked, she was a teacher. So she worked teacher's hours and I was a theater person. So I worked nights and weekends. We literally never saw each other while we were raising two kids. And it just, it just kept compounding and compounding and compounding. And then, yeah, we, you know, it, it finally just came to a head and, and ended, you know, I was drinking a lot and I was really angry. Uh, my brother was an alcoholic, so I definitely have some history of it in my family, but I tried really hard not to go down that path because I was always scared that it was going to affect me the way that it affected him. Um, but it's, but you can like, I could just tell and she could tell, you know, that it was, we're going to, we're going to try and do this not together. And then there was, you know, the whole lot of disagreement about how we should co-parent separated and, and, you know, what was, what constituted, you know, Hey, shouldn't I come back to the house for this event? And there were a lot of, there were a lot of walls drawn up and there were a lot of borders put in place. And, and while we were trying to work it out, I kind of just realized, I said, you don't really like me, do you? Like, like we're good friends. And we, we, we could probably like, she and I could probably be good coworkers, but like, you don't like who I am. And, uh, that's, that's kind of when it ended, you know, we just agreed that we were going to get a divorce and then we spent the next year trying to do it, you know, without getting our feelings hurt. And we eventually landed there. We went through mediation and stuff like that, but man, it's, I mean, it's, it's like night and day compared to the relationship that I have now. And really it's like that's the kind of relationship that i was seeking we can be in the same room at the same time and not say a word and still feel very connected to one another that comfortable silence yeah you need, i think anyone in any relationship needs that yeah and then the the inverse is she's always the person that I want to talk to. Like she's the one that I want to rant to about this new band that I heard or this new movie that I saw or, you know, um, oh, this, this thing from, you know, cause she's also one, one thing we connected on early is that she loves movies. So for somebody who loves stories, they never really watched movies much when she was a kid. So she had never seen star Wars or she had, but it, it hadn't really like been a thing. And I was like, I, it's my life. <laughs> ever since I was four years old is, is star Wars. Um, so we like connected over rewatching the original trilogy. And then we watched the prequels and she actually slept through one of them. And I was like, it's fine. We'll just keep going. So there, I don't know there was just, there's just a lot of things that we, that we connected on, but you know, most importantly, it's like we each understand how to give the other person the space they need to be themselves and, and have something that's theirs. But we also both understand how best to support each other. And sometimes we fuck up and sometimes we're like, I'm sorry, I thought you had this. And she's like, I'm sorry, I thought you wanted to be alone or whatever, you know. But for the most part, like she's somebody that I can communicate with and that is just the, the biggest difference. Yeah. That's an awesome story, man. I'm glad that you managed to... Uh, I mean, a lot of divorces can be messy. Horrible. Yeah. Live a long sting for a long time, and it sounds like you were one of the lucky ones. Something like it was amicable and mutual, and I suppose you, you can't ask for a better outcome than we, that if it's going to happen. You know? We really can't. We went through, we went through a, a trauma counselor, actually, who was also licensed for mediation, and that made a world of difference. Um, her parents have way more money than my parents do. So there was always that fear of like, you're going to lawyer up and I'm going to be doomed. And um, there was a little bit of that in the beginning. Some feelings were hurt and there was a lot of lawyering up. And uh, I just tried to keep being the best dad I could be. Because all I wanted, you know, all I wanted was 50-50 time with the kids, um, you know we both kind of just 
put the kids first and that's that what that's what made the difference we made them the center and we said what's going to be best for them and you know the trauma therapist of course is like seeing as much of both of you as often as possible with as minimal transitions as possible that was another thing too was like don't go two days here two days here two days here two days here so we do a week on week off and if we need help the other parent is the first babysitter we call so it it works. I already can't wait till the youngest one is 18. So we, you know, just never have to talk again. Cause it's, because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a hassle and like a constant reminder of failure. You know, you just, at least that's how I feel. I'm pretty hard on myself about like, Oh, I ruined this. It doesn't matter that like what I have now is so amazing. I'm still like, ah, I could never quite platinum that game. is exactly what it feels like but why platinum a game that was made harder than dark souls (laughs) (laughs) it was like i said i was set up to fail from the beginning they were like do you want hard or nightmare so so basically all i hear is you lived um you know fleetwood max rumor album oh yeah Oh yeah, man. <laughs> like, like, like that's all I'm hearing right now is like, you know, Gold Dust Woman's playing, lies, <laughs> you know. Yeah. See, I can't, I can't relate. So we're still, um, not divorced, not anything. Um, me and my wife were high school sweethearts. Oh. oh. Like, so I've known my wife since she was 14. And we met through some mutual friends. This will date me a little bit. But before MySpace, before Facebook, there was Xanga. <laughs> Xanga! Um, fuck oh, yeah, wow. dude! There was Xanga. And it was the shit. Like, that was it. And, yeah, no, I remember. That's awesome. And so, uh, so, yeah, so got an Xanga, started talking, and I met this cute, cute chick. And I'm like, okay. I started talking with her and this other girl that was her friend. And like three weeks later, I get it. I get invited to her birthday party, um, which so I'll, I'll back up. real quick. Me, I was homeschooled, so I spent 24 seven at home or working at my leisure. Um, and so was she. So we had a lot of time on our hands to be like throughout the day talk and crap. So like it okay. wasn't just like after school da da da. Basically, we started talking, go and hang out with her and meet her. And um, I asked her out three times, <laughs> like over the course of like a year. Persistence pays off, man. Well, and <sighs> ask her out three times, start dating another chick that plays on the same basketball team as she does <laughs> for like a year. I'm sorry. I'm loving dude, this already. This dude, so like I, I created so many fucking problems for myself and we still in the... <sighs> I knew this chick liked me. I had asked my, I was asking my now wife out. I'm like, please just go out with me. No, 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 no. Cause she was super Christian, super, you know, I can't the Lord got to leave room for the Lord. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I start <laughs> dating this other chick. Um, we date for here. And then while hanging out with my now wife the entire time, cause me and her were like best friends. And so me and this other chick break up <clears throat> And uh, I come back home because I actually left home at 16, 17 and moved in or left at 16, left, moved in with my then girlfriend, just left home. I had nothing but my guitar in hand and like 100 bucks and left home. Uh, I come back home and then um, come back home and then we find ourselves watching Just Like Heaven with Mark Ruffalo (laughs) And yep, um, yep. God, what's her name? Um, short hair. Oh God, I forget her name. But um, we we were watching this movie just like heaven, and I we're friends, and I just make the this joke of, hey, you might be more comfortable with my arm, you know, up and around your shoulder. Smooth. <laughs> no, like, and I, I was intending for her to be like, ha ha ha, fucking funny. Next thing I know, she's asleep on my chest. And I'm like, is it what the fuck is this? And then I don't call her for three days. Oh, oh, oh no. And we would talk for hours every day for like two years. Right. And then and so I don't call her for three days. And then she goes after three days. So do you want to go out with me? I'm like, motherfucker, that's all it took, really? 
Really? <laughs> I already told you. Yeah. I already asked you. Yes. Yes. You I know the answer. Three, I asked you three times. So we started dating <laughs> and everything. So uh, we've been together 15 years. Wow. Half my lifespan, roughly. Um, and half of hers, for sure. Um, got married when we were 18 and 19 years old, um, which do not do. I'm going to tell you now, <laughs> it is not fucking worth it. This is um, a public service announcement. It is Clay. not worth it. Um, <laughs> like, if you love each other, like, be like, hey, we're going to get, get engaged, but wait until after you're 20. Because when you're 18 and 19, you are fucking stupid. I don't care how smart you think you are. Relationally, <laughs> you are dumb. Um, until you know who you are as a person, don't. You, you have no business helping someone else figure out who they are as a person if you don't know your own right or left. Well, and you know, a lot of that, um, I, I absolutely can agree with you and identify with that because a, a, a huge thing between my, my ex-wife and I was like she was 20 or had just turned 21 when we met and I was 27. So I was, you know, not tons older than her, but significantly but older. But after 25, such a different world, though. Huge. Yeah, huge. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, like, we, we got married. We've almost been divorced, like, three times at least. <laughs> in our <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah that's coming every five years. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I mean, but really, that's, that's how it happens. When you're married young, you, you inherit so much baggage and trauma. And because you don't know about that, you know. Um, and it didn't, yeah, yeah. we didn't know about depression and anxiety, bipolar disorder, PTSD. We didn't know all about that, you know, so we had to find that out going, but we've made it. We, uh, we'll be married 13 years this year. Wow. Um, lucky number 13. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we have three little girls, um, Jocelyn, Emmeline and Gwendolyn, um, 10, eight and four. So, yeah, and it's been fun. It's definitely, I don't know, it's definitely something that is, that is more joy now, looking back, knowing who I am and who she is, and going, would we have still done the same thing? Right. No, we probably would have waited, and it probably would have been better, you know? Did having kids um, make the relationship rockier when it, when it started, or was it something that kind of solidified and, and became a glue um both i grew up in a bad home like i mean super bad abusive whatever um it, it was horrible um <laughs> whatever yeah um it was jerry springer daily type of thing um oh man i'm sorry to hear that i mean it, it luckily i can say this now it is what it is because you know i paid enough for therapy to be able to get there um <laughs> so <laughs> that's what the receipt says anyway right so. <laughs> right um but no so like it was real rough so i didn't know what like being a dad was you know, so like we had our first one, we've kind like my wife, Julia was like 20 when we had our first one, you know, and so we were super young, had no idea. And it was a glue because like we were super Christian, not like the I'm Christian, but like, <laughs> you know, she could stab me with a fork and I'd stop to be married to her, even if she cut off my nutsack type of thing. Like, <laughs> like there is no out whatsoever type of attitude. Which gotcha. puts a whole unnecessary stress on a marriage to begin with, that thought process. You know, it was bad because of that. And so, like, yes, but then we had that thing, okay, we're not going to leave because we have a little girl, everything like that. Um, but then from there, like, I'll be very honest. Until we had our last one, Gwendolyn, um, I have not felt like a dad to the other two. Interesting. Like, only because, like, it's that feeling, like, I didn't know what I was doing. But after the other two and now our youngest, it's like, I know what I'm doing with you. But now it's going back and being like, hey, to my oldest, I fucked you up. I was a horrible, right. you know, this. I'm a horrible, I'm learning. Um, here's where I came short with you on this. Here's where my shortcomings happened, you know. Yeah. And it's being able to kind of dial into that. It's being more affectionate in those ways. Um, and so that's been the trend for the last over four years is like relearning things because we were just shoved into it because – you know we we kind of rushed everything yeah well i mean that's i mean that's why the the phrase it takes a village is so truthful is it's not about like 
oh, you you need lots of people because, you know, kids get into lots of things. Like, everybody needs to be a family in order to... No, it literally takes a village because, like, two people with their personal perspectives is not enough to shape a young mind. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's like she <laughs> it's was... hard. She was always big on... I know, like, our biggest issue that, that... Our last big one that we had a difference on for... It was a handful of years ago. Was, like, we don't spank anymore. We don't do any form of spanking anymore and that's just us well i grew up like like you better tar their ass timmy you know you want that respect you know it's that very deep south southern it was hostility it it was southern hostility towards a child and that was my attitude and i'm like no they need to be spanked and she's like why would you want to hit something you love i'm like fuck Fuck. <laughs> Don't you turn this around on me, woman. <laughs> oh God damn it. Well, and that was my that was really one of my first things of like, at least for us, we finally had a good marriage and finally like started like being who we are as people. Once we broke the mold of the Christianity of where the men's the head of the household, where this is this, that you know, like we broke those roles away and pretty went, no, we switch roles. Some days you're going to be complete trash at everything you do and the other person's going to be there to pick it up and guess what the next day it's going to be reversed and that's okay because that's how life works and that's how the the why having a village around helps you yeah know, that's why yeah, yeah. having those other people to step in helps so yeah so i don't know it's it's been a roller coaster <laughs> um a lot of self-induced trauma but i mean i wouldn't change it but i would definitely change some minute things yeah i think I think getting the divorce and being on my own when it was my time with them is actually what made me a better dad because I I said I I really didn't realize how much you were taking on. So um, while it was a lot at first, just like the extra, it's not about like doing more stuff like cooking more dinners or prepping more lunches or anything. It's just being there and being present for every moment where it's like, dad, dad dad yeah dad what about this dad i need this dad do this and i was like god i don't remember it being like this and it's because it was mom where's my thing mom where's my this i was the fun parent for sure because i was the one that would like go play nerf war with them while she read a book and i would so it it never felt like i wasn't doing hard work i just wasn't doing her work also at the same time so um no that's that sort of that made a big difference for me. Oh, what about you, Matt? Where'd you meet? Where'd you meet your missus? Well, I'll give you a bit of backstory first. So before I met her, just to give you some perspective on how it helps. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in. So I was born and raised in a small little town in the heart of England, and so my social life, you know, with the. Um, the people like the friends I had from the town I was in and neighboring town, I had a huge circle of friends, like uh, not to brag or anything, but just, just I got introduced to friends of friends a lot. Right. Not to brag, but you were super popular and handsome. I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was in excess of a hundred. It was at a point where people would greet me when I met up with them in this neighboring town at the weekend and people come to like, Hey, how are you doing? I thought like, I can't even remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, and I secretly find out afterwards. But yeah. Um, so I'd had a few girlfriends over the time. None of them, none of those relationships worked out well. Um, they were all bad for various reasons. Um pretty well, pretty much I was treated like shit. Aww. So over the course of me from about the age of like I had my first girlfriend when I was 15. Before that, I was really shy, complete opposite to what I am now. So yeah, I'd had a few few girlfriends and they all turned out bad. So I was getting to a point where I was almost giving up on not like I was wanting to turn gay or anything, but I was just <laughs> not interested in relationships at all, really. Um and so I'd given up on the the girls I knew that I had a chance of having a relationship with. So I get to my about nineteen or twenty, I think I was, went through a really like the worst breakup of my life. Um, which is a long story in itself, but we'll skip ahead. Yeah, we should save that for another time because, man, yeah. a bad breakup will change a person. It was horrible, man. Yeah. A horrible relation. 
cheating and lying and yeah so long story short i um began a long distance relationship with a girl that i'd got to i've been introduced to like through a friend of a friend of a friend but it was mostly through texting and online and stuff and that lasted for a couple of years and i was happy enough with that even though looking back i was pretty miserable at the time i just thought well this is better than nothing and it was better than the um even though there was no like very little physical connection at all there was the emotional thing was there but that really started turning south and because i was so depressed and i had no self-confidence at all because i was beginning to think you know is it me am i the reason that all these relationships are failing looking back thankfully i wasn't a lot of people um were telling me no it's not you you just had a real bad string of luck <laughs> um so i was in that point where i was miserable with the relationship but i was too depressed to want to risk giving it up and having nothing so i was just scared i'd get even worse so I was at the time I was working at a supermarket and it was like on a deli counter, you know, you serve sandwich meats and cheeses and hot meat at the chicken deli kind of thing. And uh -huh. So my now wife, Sarah, after I'd been working there a year, she got a job there and she was put on shift with me and we just hit it off instantly. It was one of those like cliche romance stories where we felt like best friends instantly. Like literally on the first shift, we were having a laugh with each other. We were having loads of conversation, really comfortable around each other. It was yes. just perfect. So you bonded over sliced premium meats. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. sliced meat. Um, and I just it made me enjoy work. That's how good it was. Because I mean, it wasn't a bad job. It was a good company to work for. Um, I had good relationships with my coworkers and everything. So I was already pretty content. But yeah, we just hit it off. So it made it like it was wasn't just working. It was spending fun time with what felt like my best friend all of a sudden we were remained best friends for a couple of years and in that time people were convinced that we were going out that we were dating and um we were saying no we genuinely aren't people thought that we were hiding it for some reason that we were together and it was some big secret like a workplace relationship i'm like no there's genuinely nothing right. going like, on do you know who i am i'm matt i could yeah. have anyone <laughs> i'm so popular <laughs> 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 Matt from over here. Yes, that Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were even helping set each other up with friends, um, our respective friends. Oh my to, God, you're a Ryan um, Reynolds movie. You like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, were playing Cupid for um, each other and then fell for it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it got to a point where obviously Sarah knew about this relationship I was in the entire time. I'm not sure how long Sarah had feelings for me for. Um, she said it was quite a while, but she respected me enough, even though she said a few times, you know, you need to fix this. And, um, <laughs> and I was just in complete denial. I was like, it's okay. Okay. So fast forward a while. And I discovered that this girl, I was sort of long distance seeing had been cheating on me again. That's another long story. How I find out, found out because we did meet a few times and I saw enough evidence to be convinced. I turned out she'd been lying to me for attention. Uh, she was basically using me for like an emotional sponge. And I was at breaking point. And Sarah could see this. And it got to a point where she sat me down and said, look, I'm not the kind of person to tell someone to end a relationship. And I'm not that kind of person either. I'll try and hint at someone and explain to why it's bad and that you need to fix it. But she was like, I've seen you suffer for long enough. You have to end this. It's never going to get any better. You know, it's been like two or three years. Right. The final Cupid advice. Yeah. So I finally manned up and ended it. So I, I'm not sure how long after it was, uh, after that it was that we got together. But it was just more and more of people around us saying, you know, like, you two are already like a married couple. You know, it looks... <laughs> It, are you going to do this thing or not? <laughs> Shit or get off the Yeah, plot. so eventually... <laughs> Customers at the deli. <laughs> <laughs> so... I forgot what it was, but it began with little things like she hid something down a bra and people and dared me. They said, I, I bet you wouldn't dare grab this. Ooh. And I went for it. Yeah. So I copped a feel before we were even together. <laughs> and that <laughs> wasn't like a dead giveaway. I know. Well, this That's is where I started I, thinking. Well, I was no, like, my all right, friends all right. can do that. That's a friend thing. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. So, so no, no, there is a rule 
to get to see <laughs> if a girl likes you or not. So like we were the guys in high school that we would never have paper. We would have Sharpies and we would ask for a girl's number. And there was two things. If you got them to write it on your arm and they grabbed your wrist and like brought it close, they liked you because people don't touch people. They don't want to be with. Right, right, right. Okay. The psychology. Or they're going to be like, I'll go find a piece of paper. Then you're like, don't bother. Um, <laughs> but if they're asking you to cop a feel, <laughs> it's go time. Yeah. Mission yeah, code much. launch. Tell the boys the missiles are gone. Let's do this. <laughs> like, it'd be like after work, 6 p.m., we're gone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it got to it very quickly after that. Um, I was already thinking this is, you know, we're there already. You know, and it was a good place to start a relationship in because obviously we had a mutual circle of friends. Um, you already touched you know, we, boobs. We already, we already had, <laughs> we already had some history together, so we knew each other very well, and everything was going fine. And it got to a point where someone basically said something to the words of "I'll oh, just fucking kiss her already," and we made out. And then, yeah, so you. It, it's like it's like what is it um the most romantic thing i've ever heard yes but it's like when harry met sally almost yes yeah yeah that's that's absolutely in in the world of of what i was thinking i think yeah. that's um there's more to the story though okay yeah that's, there, that's just where it began the, no. There's more, right? You're not there's even more. married. Yeah, you're just making yeah, out. We're not even married. We just started dating. You're just so, the slicer, and each kissing each other <laughs> while you're slicing <laughs> me. Is that around the same time you asked her, "You want to hold my salami?" <laughs> oh, you know, God. is that like the the same thing, or oh, were you man. a Capicola man? <laughs> I, I'm not sure how to answer that. <laughs> just like roast beef, we're all pink on the inside. You could have you could oh, have man. milked that for years. Yeah. So so d was that first time like actually making out? Was it? Were you both kind of like, okay, that was awkward, and then not talk to each other, or were you like finally and you know called her the next day? Any of that kind of like? No, man, it was brilliant. Like we were both felt super happy, like relief that almost like we both hit this realization. Well, mainly me, because like I said, she she had been into me for a lot longer than I was into her because I'd been I guess I was a little hesitant at first to admit it. Maybe I was in denial for a long time just because of like I said, all of the relationships I'd had, I'd been friends with them first because right. of the number of people I knew I'd got to know them and then gone from there. Um like I've never had the experience like a lot of guys do of going out on the pole as we, what do you guys call it in the states right. um, <laughs> picking I, women up i guess you call it on the pole oh okay <laughs> over here we call it on the pole so i'd never on the pole no I'd that never makes gone me down think that of, of strippers dancing <laughs> yeah like like you um what you what, need to do what, tommy is you need to get on the pole i mean like what <laughs> what is getting on the pole mean like going out going and, on the pole. and and trying to trying to hook up with somebody right that's like let's go out oh. to the bar and try and get a phone number it's just hooking up. Okay. Just so I'm like, just so I'm clear, it's on the pole, not the pole. Oh, on the no pull, P -U -L -L. Oh, on the pole. P U L L. This is an accent. This oh, is an accent -L -L. clash. Right oh, here. see, that makes a huge difference. <laughs> if you'd said we're gonna go out on the pole tonight, I'd have been like, dance class. All right, great. Okay. No, on <laughs> the pole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, see, that just I'm, makes that phrase I'm dirtier. Lost my train. No, you were just saying that you you've never <laughs> like. What are you pulling? You yeah. Actually, what is it based on? But I can tell you what you were saying. Honestly, too. I don't know. I okay. think it's, it's just, just one of like, those turns of phrase. Right? Pulling you over here and I'm give me a kiss kind of thing. Okay. Maybe. I'm, I'm oh, guessing. That's... I don't know what what the history that's, is behind. We don't that promote that kind of behavior. Me at man, all. you we woman, don't. me have stick. You were saying that you've never like gone out on a date and met someone that way that you never knew you've always yeah. been friends with somebody and i'm i'm in the same boat like i've, I've always made friends first yeah so and then i'm like i'm like i'm funny enough that you want to sit on my face right like that's okay right <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it goes <laughs> i did not see that phrase going that way but like, I'm, I'm here for it like right. quickly but like Wow, that's like the top level blood? of the scale of how funny someone uh -huh. is. 
Like the bottom of it is just you just want to walk away. The top level of the scale is sit on my face. <laughs> this is like, we're having a good enough time, right? That you want to make me not breathe for 45 minutes yeah. to an hour, right? I'm probably clean. I've, I've showered. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I smell my finger and find out. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's staying in. I'm not taking Show that out. Wing. So, um, yeah. So we started going out, but we, um, like for our respective reasons, I won't describe hers because it'd be too long, but um, we were both, like I said, it was an okay job, but it wasn't going anywhere. Um, there is a career in that kind of work, but not, I didn't want a career in retail personally. Um, it was just a way to pay the bills. So I was at a point where I was like, I want to do something more interesting than this. Um, and she was in the same, the same boat, thankfully. Um, because little backstory, I lost my dad when I was four. And then when it got to the point going, you know, struggling with finances as a family, um, I had six brothers and sisters. So it got to the point where, when I left high school and went to college for a couple of years, that's how it works in the UK for our US listeners, um, college for a couple of years. And, uh, I was ready to go to university after that, but I, um, like our family was really struggling then. And it was at a point where if I'd gone to university, and I wasn't bringing any income into the house, there was a risk that we would have lost it. Right. So I just couldn't. I was like, right. So Jesus, that's man. why I went. Yeah. That's why that's I went to work at this supermarket essentially to uh, help pay the mortgage for the house. After leaving that, I was went into care work. I wanted to get out of that and get into some kind of career. <laughs> so with Sarah being in the same sort of position, we agreed to go back to college and then with the aim of going to university. So that's when we were already um, living together at this point. I'm not sure how long after we got together that, that happened. I forget, but yeah, we we're already living together and everything was cool. So we went to college for a couple of years um, at a town in a nearby county to where we live. Um, yeah. Then we went on to university and we, that's when we, um, started our family in that time as well. So I suppose, because obviously you guys are talking about how the, there were bad aspects to it. We had our fair share of that too. Having kids definitely helped cement our marriage more. It was more the, the situation, like the stress of the university, um, right. the financial strain, because it's obviously you don't have a lot of money coming in. You're on like what you call student finance over here. Um, we were doing okay. But there was just a lot of stress around that. Like when our first was born by C-section, my son Oakley, um, Sarah's degree in languages meant she could carry on doing a lot of her studies at home. I could too, but it was just way too difficult because I was studying a degree in ethical hacking uh, or penetration testing, as it's called in the industry. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I know, I love that phrase. I'm a penetration tester. Everybody knew you were... You know, the most popular guy in your hometown. So they were like, he needs, he's already the penetration your, tester. Was your motto just the tip? Yeah. <laughs> like, unless you pay me more. Did you guys have, so you had kids while you were still studying? Yeah. You got yeah. married, you got married in college and then had During kids college. at university? Yeah. It was just, I think it was just before, just um, as we were starting college. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys are all so brave having kids in your early 20s. Oh my god. My first was born. I was 30 years old. My first wasn't planned. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's also yeah. brave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was while we were at college. Um but so glad we decided to keep him. You know, he's uh, he's brilliant. Um but yeah, so with um me struggling to keep up with the studies and help with Sarah at home because she was, you know, almost bedbound. And sofa bound because of the recovery. Right. She was one of the unlucky women who went through a long recovery from the oh. C-section. Yeah, um, they basically kicked us out after like 24 hours. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So basically, I dropped out of the course. Um, I said, right, I'll just I'll rejoin next year, um, which I did. But the course had been pulled. The ethical hacking course had been pulled. Oh no! Um, completely. Yeah, because and I've, I was gutted because so you couldn't even go back and finish. Nope, nope. Um, That's like the worst thing for a penetration engineer or whatever you said you were <laughs> not being able penetration to penetration tester, ethical hacker. Yeah. So they they pulled it. So I went into web design instead, and then 
when my daughter came along, that was also by C-section. So it's kind of a repeat of what happened. So I dropped out from that again um, because I was just struggling way too much. Like mm-hmm. with the ethical hacking stuff, you had to learn like, like everything to do with IT, like the back of your hand. It's not just about the hacking stuff. You need to learn coding. You need to learn the ins and out of operating systems, uh, scripting, um, the psychological sides of it all. There was just so much to take in. And then with the web design stuff, there was all the um, coding languages I had to learn again. And it was just too much for me. So, yeah. You know, in one of our previous episodes, I was talking about my time in Spain and how I started GD. This is all that led up to this, um, because at this point, Sarah was approaching her third year, which is a sandwich year where you spend time abroad and so on, or an industry relevant to your degree. So it was in that time that I was partially, largely, even why I was quite depressed at the time, because I started two years of university, not finished either of them taken on the debt for that at the same time and you couldn't even go back and finish where you started no exactly um it was in the time where they were in spain that when i was applying for the following year to start again like my last ditch effort um i'd had all that time in spain to think about what i wanted to do and i thought i don't want to go into anything too technical i just want to create something and i had all these business ideas floating around in my head for a long time and I was very mindful because of everything in my life running up to this point of money and you know finance and wanting my kids to be financially secure and everything. I didn't want them to go through bailiffs being at the door like I experienced as a kid and struggling. I, you know, I experienced electric being cut off um, and not being able to put it back on. You know, our phone line being cut off. I'm part of the MySpace generation, sort of. I was you no, know, that was around when I was getting into the internet, but we didn't have it at home because we couldn't afford it. So I never had MySpace, but I was fully aware of it. My internet time, I actually used to go to an internet cafe. Don't know if those still exist. Um, I'd get the bus home from school and go straight to this internet cafe. They exist. You just have to bring your own computer and buy a $6 coffee. No, it's, it was imagine like a LAN party set up with all these computers and you just uh, pay for half an hour and log on. But yeah, so um, I was looking through the business degrees that were available at the university. We were currently at ready to apply for a couple and it was sarah actually that discovered the business with entrepreneurship degree which was like this is right up your alley and i hadn't even come across it. i don't know how i missed it i scoured the site for all the business ones it just didn't show up in the results so i'd applied to ones that were like business with marketing um, business management and so on and this one was like yes i want to do this so i applied for it got in and uh, that's when it all started going smoothly but in and around all of that, you know, we had a lot of stress with the with the degrees, finances, um, and we spent so much time together that we ended up getting under each other's skin for a long period of time. And there was a lot of <laughs> passive aggressiveness that oh, man. led to some really dark times in our relationship. But thankfully, you know, we got through it. But yeah, that's kind of me and my marriage in a nutshell. Because it really, I could ramble on for a long, long time. But yeah. That, that post that I put up in the group, this is the great thing about the community. If it weren't for that, I would have been such a big mess because I had no one else to really talk to because I have a good relationship with my mother, but she's like she had me when she was 42. So by the time I was an adult, you know, she was getting much older. She was Her health was starting to decline and stuff. I mean, she's, she's okay, but not in a brilliant state of health. So I've always been mindful of not wanting to offload too much on her that would cause us too much stress. Right. My brothers are half brothers and, um, you know, we never had much of a close, we're, we're okay, but we didn't really have a close bonded brotherly relationship growing up or anything. So all I had was a couple of friends that were close enough to trust with this, but you know, I was miles and miles away in a different country and that certainly contributed to my mental state a lot. And even in the last year or two at GD, when I was going through such rough patches, there was that one where I thought that my marriage was over and for various reasons. And I was asking if anyone had a place like in my local area that I could crash on the couch for. And you know, I said I had a bit of money, so I was going to stay at a hotel in the meantime. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's... I've, I've experienced that where you think it's complete rock bottom. We're in a much better place now, but I wouldn't wish that situation on my worst enemy. 
because especially when there are kids involved i mean if you can if you're going to divorce and it's and you've got kids and you can work it out that's great but i don't envy anyone the position where you're left with no choice and it's going to happen and if it's not amicable i don't know how people how people do that yeah it's i mean it's certainly you know widespread i think i think i'm pretty lucky but i also think i i worked pretty hard at it to uh to make it focused about the kids i mean this this is this is something that i love so much about the gaming dads group and the community is that there's there's been tons of of stories and comments and people who say you know being being here in this group you guys have helped me there's constantly stories of of other gaming dads who are just looking for a little bit of support whether it be because of their relationship or they don't know how to be a father because they never had a good, you know, example and like just or whatever it is in in their life that they're struggling with, you know, they bring it to the group where they know they have, you know, the rest of us in common and in a place where even the the head cheese can reach out and say i'm down on my luck yeah i think that's such a uh, an amazing aspect of the community i think that's one of the things that caused the biggest rift in my marriage actually looking back if i had to name one thing that uh made it so rocky was for, like one of the flaws i identified in myself was like i said i didn't have a dad growing up but lost him when i was four and so i never had that father figure so when it came to having kids i knew i always wanted kids but when it really came down to it i mean every dad learns on the fly but i had no one really to go to for advice on right anything. so there were times when it came to things like discipline we were never wanting to use spanking or anything i considered it but we agreed not to go down that route so we decided okay what alternatives is there and we tried all sorts of things, but we were still never really on the same page, so to speak. And it got to points where I felt like I was always playing dad, uh, bad cop. Right. And, yeah. you know, we had disagreements about how much good cop, bad cop we were each um, using to discipline our kids. Um, and, you know, we had two under two, under two at that point. So we had Elsie uh, when Oakley was only about a year and a half, which is wonderful, but at the same time, very challenging because you're still raising a very emotional little, little kid at the same time as experiencing a baby that demands attention all the time. But, but I digress. So that's one of the things that caused a lot of friction with us. And like I said, I'm much a much better place now because we've talked about a lot and that's awesome to hear. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're in that kind of a place. I'm sorry that you had to go through, you know, that that bout of depression, but I'm glad that it gave us gaming dads. So yeah. it'd actually be really cool. Um, it'd actually be really cool to hear from, you know, any of them, any of them that wanted to comment and and you know, it's it's been kind of nice just getting to know about everybody's significant others and and how you met. It'd be kind of awesome to see you know if anybody else has has awesome stories well it's definitely like i said me and my missus have been through those ups and downs left and right like it's i think it's common in in somewhere or another you know so like for us we hit year seven and that's a bad year probably for everyone <laughs> at some point because seven's hard seven's a lot of time yeah there's a whole itch named after it yeah um <laughs> you know so seven's really rough and then the 10 year mark most couples don't make it to the 10 year mark you know because that's again that's super rough um and so i don't know i think i i think sometimes like i think matt you said it well you know sometimes you can work through those things mm. you know and it's great if you can but sometimes like mike sometimes you just know it is actually better more healthy for both of you and the kids to figure it out on different terms because in, in the end of the day you have to do what's healthy period you know if it's something you, you can't work past there's no shame in whatever and doing it any other way because right. that that's what's necessary you know because like in the world i grew up in divorce in any form or fashion was shaming you know you were made to feel bad about it and again that puts an unnecessary stress on the issue to work through situations you shouldn't have to work through 
you know, it, it forces you to do something. Um, not that that's a bad view. Like no one go has the goal for that. Right. It, well, it takes away the choice. There's, there's a, there's a certain, at a certain point you have to realize that you can't, you can't go back and make a better decision. So you've yeah. got to do what's best for the current situation and, and yeah. move forward. And that's kind of, that's at least where we were. I think that's, that's an amazing thing though, because it takes a certain type of person to go, Hey, this is where we're at, you know, and we got to do what's best for everyone. And that's divorce or that's working through it, you know, um, sometimes all yeah, go ahead. No, I, I lost it. <laughs> I totally <laughs> well, lost I mean, it. it's, it's everyone has their own story, you know, and that's what, again, I think it all comes back to, it takes a village like Mike said, because this right here is going to help someone else. It's going to help one of you listening, going on. Oh, this is where I'm at. Maybe we can't work this or maybe we're, we're done, you know, and that's okay. Right. Both those answers are highly acceptable, honorable, mm -hmm. and perfectly right. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you for sure. If there's, if there's one person that's like, Oh, I totally heard you say try mediation. And uh, we did. And we're so glad we did. Then like, I'll be I'll be happy that another couple didn't go through a nasty lawyer driven divorce. Right. Well, and it's like, you know, I'm big on counseling. Yeah. For yourself, not couples counseling. I will never suggest counseling as a couple before you yourself go through counseling. So right. like if you are having things, you yourself go get counseling. And then once you've been through it, encourage your partner to go get counseling. And guess what? If things are still rocky after that, maybe there's some there's some conversations that need to be had. That's okay. Again, <laughs> I'm just I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to break that stigma that we all kind of grew up in, at least to some nature or degree. You know that help is a good thing sometimes. Well, yeah. Well, and that it's it's okay. There's no shame in making those decisions. Yeah, because there, there can't be shaming. No, that that's so wrong. Um. So yeah. Um. I don't know. I think it's it's been really good. Um, I think y'all. I think there's a, a, a massive. There is a plethora of good stories here, um, and it's. I don't know. It's it's really exciting to see all the different views, but yet still experience a mutual hardship or a mutual joy. Mm. You know. I'm glad. You know. I'm glad that uh, we have a podcast. Because I'm really glad that I get to learn more about you guys. I just hope that um, not everybody, you know, needs to have that excuse to like actually chat and get to know, <laughs> get to know the other people. <laughs> but I feel really lucky that we can like get together and just share stories. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, hell yeah. It's um, usually if it weren't for this, I'd be talking to people over game chat <clears throat> more than anything. But Whilst you're gaming, sooner or later that conversation dwindles out because you're doing X, Y, Z in the game. Right. I'm especially I'm especially excited about it with Matt because he was like the most popular person in his hometown. Did you guys <laughs> catch that? <laughs> he he could have anyone. <laughs> I know you didn't actually say that. No. But I'm gonna cut me saying that out. <laughs> no, no, I would leave. I'd use it as a promo in this episode. Matt, the most popular. <laughs> like that's all we should do. That's all we should do. Today we talk about the sausage king of the UK. <laughs> Today Matt swings his dick. Cl Clucky the prequel. <laughs> a boob, a boob grazing salami. <laughs> mm. Yes. Just with like. Stars in the background, slice of meat. <laughs> oh, that looks so creepy. I think of Superstar for whatever reason and Will Ferrell from Superstar. <laughs> I don't know why, Mike, when you're doing that. I don't know why. <laughs> Just that over-exaggeratedness, I guess. that. It's better than Ron Burgundy. Uh, fair. fair. <laughs> That's who you look a bit like with that touch. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Different Ron. Different Ron. <laughs> That's the guy. And then I definitely need to let my hair grow out. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I am I'm really glad that we have a podcast together because it gives me an opportunity to learn more about you guys and I have a really good time chatting. 
Yeah, no, and that's, I think, again, that's a beautiful thing about gaming dads in and of itself is being able to learn about other dads and realizing you're not so unique or alone as we think we are. Right. You know, and that's what's cool about doing this podcast is being able to show the dads out there that, hey, we're just like you. We're just as fucked up. We're just as weird. We're just as quirky. <laughs> you know, we have just as odd stories, you know. And mustaches. Um, and mustaches, you know. Um <laughs> But honestly, we want to hear from you guys. Let us know y'all's stories, you know. Tell us what y'all, where where have y'all been. Leave a comment. We'll read it on the air. Interact with us. We're needy bitches. And if you haven't told <laughs> from our stories recently, and that's okay. But, you know, tell us your stories. Um, leave a comment, a dad joke, you know. Did um, you know Matt back before college? Yeah, did you know him when he was the most popular person in like obviously South London or something? You know, he was like the you know the Queen's grandson or some shit. So, um, but yeah, basically, we want to hear from you guys. So, um, it's been fun, and uh, I think we're just gonna wrap that up. Yeah. So. Thanks, for, thanks, y'all, man. Good game. Yeah. Okay. Good game, Good game, guys. Good game. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the GD Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow Gaming Dads on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can reach the show at hashtag GDPodcast or GamingDadsPod at gmail.com. For more information... Dad, are you recording? God damn it!